interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Glad to have you along. Stu Kearns, your host here. And uh, it's uh, we're back to that time of the year where Saturdays are full here with local programming. We've got... Uh, Friendly Fire here, and we got uh, coming up this morning the Kaylee and Husker Hour, the best of uh, uh, Jack and Friends, uh, LNK Today. Uh, we've got uh, One Shot, One Life uh, coming up after that, and it always ends at noon with Grow Lincoln. So we've got a full slate of local programming and a lot of stuff to listen to. But I am super excited because uh, we get to do another uh, Husker preview because... Okay, football season. I am a football fan. I admit, basketball season, it's been it's been a little rough. Um, there aren't a whole lot of sports I root for. There are even fewer sports that I hold season tickets for, and one of those is baseball. And I have uh, squeezed by the arm and wrangled Jeff Christie into the studio here again <laughs> to do a little uh, review, preview, uh, baseball edition of Friendly Fire. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. It didn't take too much convincing to get me back here again. So Aww, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. The uh, well, it goes it goes all the way back to a really really long time when you were when you were playing and and then um, I still, by the way, I still have my miracle T-shirt. Yeah, uh, the miracle uh, not T-shirt, the the uniform shirt. Yeah, from uh, Fort Myers. Yes, yeah. from Fort Myers. That was that was a that takes me back in time a little I, bit there. I'm gonna wear that to a game sometime. I'm just <laughs> you gonna should. Do it. I'm gonna wear it to a game. And they're gonna say, "What the heck is that?" Make and sure it's I'm, sunny. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Okay, it won't be in March. Okay, it won't be in March. Uh, we uh, boy, okay, we did this last year, and again, not knowing. I mean, COVID. Can we just say COVID was a throwaway year? Yeah, let's do that. Let's just do that. It was <laughs> yeah. it was a throwaway year. Yep. And then last year it was kind of tough to know well, like what to expect, uh, but uh, an unbelievable year last year. Yeah. Uh, how, at what point did you have a sense that hey, I I think actually this team is pretty special and they could do a lot. Yeah, I mean the COVID year. It, it I don't know if I said it last year or not, but it kind of gave us a sense of what we had returning and what we needed to do on the recruiting side of things, and it gave us a few more months um, to to be able to do that and game plan a little bit more for it and mm-hmm. kind of execute our recruiting strategy the way we wanted to do it. But um, usually by the time the fall rolls around and you're done with your fall season, you have a pretty good idea what your team's going to shake up to be, just because of the mixture of new guys coming in, kind of getting accustomed to what they're it's expected to do with the program and you know, gelling with those older guys and bringing them under their wings. And um, so usually after the fall, you get a pretty good idea. You will have some surprises here and there when the spring springtime rolls around. But um, most of the time, by the end of the fall, you got a pretty good idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I'm my problem is I'm such a Husker optimist. I'm like always, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, I, I always think we're going to win. You know, it's just going to happen. But there is, um, and again, I've, I've been diehard. I don't care who the coach is. I've, yeah. I've been a diehard that way. And I don't know enough about the game to really, you know, it's like I sit around people who love to critique things. And I'm like, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. you score runs, hit the ball. You know, I'm, I'm a very I'm playing checkers while you guys are playing chess. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that myself included in other sports probably think they know more than they do, which, <laughs> you know, yeah. it is what it is. But, um, you know, it just for us. The game planning, everything that goes into it, there's a lot more to it yeah. than just seeing a guy swing or, or throwing the ball over the plate. You know, there's a lot of shifting that goes on. There's a lot of, um, you know, approaches at the plate. 
yeah. guys, how we're going to dissect hitters, all that type of stuff. And yeah. then it comes down to the execution factor. And most of the time, whoever executes the most and whoever screws up the less, yeah. they're the least wins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. And and uh, you guys won a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was the first taste of. Uh, I mean, we had a decent season a few years back and won mm-hmm. the Big Ten. That was great. But this was. Didn't you guys end up winning the Big Ten by three games? Yeah, three and a half. I think it was. Wow. It was. A, it was a crazy thing we went into indiana which was a four we had pods last year where we played four games each team mm-hmm. had three of them and uh we went into the weekend at indiana not knowing what exactly was going to happen not not really thinking that we could clinch because we had michigan coming in at home the, the following weekend to finish and we ended up going that first game and you know we 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 win we beat indiana beat their number one then we play ohio state and we face their number one and we come back from nine to two that was the comeback game was, where yeah. it was just you know we were just never, and that was the whole thing about this team was we, they never stopped believing and never stopped you know thinking they could win, and that mm-hmm. that belief is a huge thing. And we ended up winning eleven to nine, I think it was, and then yeah. that third game was a doubleheader that Saturday. And Chance Roach threw a complete game, one one run, gave up the he went eight and two thirds shutout, and then gave up a solo home run, and then finished the game off. And you know by that time we were looking around, and it was like we got a chance to clinch here if if Maryland can beat uh, Michigan and. They ended up beating him, and mm. Curtis Ledbetter, our director of operations, came to us about the fifth inning and said it's championship Sunday, which we always talk about. But mm. um, it came a reality there, and by that time we were up 9 nothing, I think, against Ohio State. So wow. it became pretty real at that point in time, and our guys knew it by the time the time the last out was made. Yeah. So. Well, it made those games fun, to those Michigan games at the end of the season at home, a lot of fun. Yeah. But what was not fun was not having <laughs> my seats. <laughs> that was weird. And so I've, I've got to sit in all these different places. But candidly, you know, I'm a creature of habit. Yeah. I like my seats. Right. So I hope I'm getting them back this year. I hope you get them back, too. We yeah. Let's hope that all things can be a little bit more normal. Obviously, we had some fans in the stands, but it, at the beginning of the year, it wasn't the first thing that we were able to do, but luckily we got them back in the stands and hopefully it can be more normal like we've been accustomed to in the past. Yeah, yeah. So you now another odd thing at the end of last season, and then we'll we'll skip on. We'll get to the <laughs> upcoming season. Yeah. But one of the other odd things about last season was the uh, – so the Big Ten champions in a conference that, okay, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. didn't always produce a, a lot of teams. But a, a lot of teams in the tournament and the Big Ten champs, and uh, and then you're on the ro- road with what I I I don't know what the team felt I, I think you know at least what what appeared was teams like we'll play anybody anytime any place I don't care we're going to do this which is the way they should respond yes the way I responded as a fan was <laughs> well I can't really say it on the air right but it was <laughs> it it rhymes with BS uh-huh. so that was the uh, I I was just thought this is so wrong. Uh, but I'm glad the team, again, no matter what they felt, I'm glad they what they said was evidently what they believed because they played like it down in, in uh, Little Rock. Yeah, I mean, you say it there, it, our team really didn't care when, where, what. It didn't matter. Like it was, They just knew mm-hmm. they were going to show up, they were going to play, and um, mm-hmm. you know, that for maybe that first 10 seconds when they see the draw in the regional, it was probably like, okay, you know, have your have your thoughts to yourself, and then honestly, from then on out, it was like, okay, we're going down there to win it, and yeah. that was their mindset. And we came up a little bit short, obviously, but um, the way we played, I think it just showed that pretty much the entire year. And um, you know, we showed that down in Arkansas. So, yeah. but yeah, our guys, our guys probably were feeling that a little bit in the beginning, but they let yeah. it go, and I mean, it was awesome their preparation and how they went about it. So, do you think that experience last year, and then obviously now 
this year, the team is getting a lot of respect uh, mm -hmm. in several uh, preseason polls. And again, I know it's like football. Preseason poll doesn't really mean anything. You got to you got to prove it on the field, but but that is a sign of respect. Yeah. That that uh, do you think uh, that improves the chances if the team does well again this year that you might get a little better seed? Yeah, potentially. I think you know last year if we didn't, we kind of laid a goose egg when uh, Rutgers came to town was our yeah. really the only series that we lost. Just happened to be when they were kind of choosing those initial twenty host sides. If we do what we've been doing all year and win that series, it might change things, and who knows, we might have been yeah. hosting. But um, yeah. it, at the end of the day, we thought it wasn't the worst thing in the world to go down there to Arkansas and um, and play just because you get to feel the atmosphere. Guys hadn't you know been in that environment as much, uh, just not yeah. playing in front of any fans at the beginning of the year to you yeah. know, 11, 12, 13,000 plus screaming Arkansas fans was something that our guys kind of relished and, and just it was it was awesome because that's what they play for in those situations yeah. now hopefully we get that situation at Haymarket Park with our fans there hosting regionals yeah. so that's our goal obviously that, that is your, <laughs> that is the goal of all your fans as well yep. that was uh that's one of the weird things about the the Big Ten again I always joke that we're the San Diego of the Big Ten <laughs> that, <laughs> that okay the furthest south the furthest west yeah and and next week looks like some chances to be outside. Yeah, the weather looks great. Um, you know, sometimes in the beginning of the season, you, you you practice the whole time before you even go to your first game where you're inside. And, you know, we've been able to get outside a couple times already, and it looks like this next week we'll be able to get outside and um, only a benefit for us to be able to see the ball in the air. And that's the biggest thing is adjusting to the sky with even, um, outfielders, obviously, but just seeing the ball in the light, it's just different. So yeah. the more opportunities we get with that, the better off we'll feel like we're prepared. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take our first break. Then when we come back, we'll start doing a little preview of what to expect this year. One of the things about, uh, uh, you know, in the rest of this uh, college sporting world that we got this new portal thing that's, you know, hey, players are coming and going in and out. And but and not that baseball's – baseball's just always been a lot more that way, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's junior college transfers. There's transfers from, you know, four-year schools. It's been that way a little bit more often than not. But – um, yeah, the whole transfer portal is something that we're all going to get used to, and we are, but we're also going to try to take advantage of it while we can. Yeah, absolutely. Be right back after this break. You're listening to Friendly Fire on 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with uh, Coach Jeff Christie here with the Husker baseball team. And um, we were, we're going to do a little bit of a season uh, preview here. Uh, as the season begins, um, let's just talk schedule a little bit because yep. you've got you have, uh, three road trips before you. And, and they're two, two to Texas? Three or? now. There's three to been Texas. a little bit of a, of a schedule change there. So we'll open okay. up down at Sam Houston State on February 18th. Mm. And we'll play them for four games, uh, which is in Huntsville, Texas. And then the following weekend, we actually go play TCU at uh, the new Rangers ballpark down in Arlington. Ooh. And then we were initially scheduled to play San Diego State, but that had a, a double booking, I guess. So we had to scramble, and we found um, UTA and Northwestern State. We'll be, we'll be going down there to Arlington again to play at UTA's facility okay. so for those first three weekends on the road so those the, and then and weekends two and three are arlington is basically dallas right yes yep. okay yep right and that's that that's where the uh the rangers play yep they're wow. in arlington yep so they got a new ballpark um hmm. and we get a 
go play in it against TCU. So that should be a fun time. And anytime our guys get to go play in a big league park, I mean, that's what they play for too, to try to yeah. – that's their ultimate goal is to make it to the big leagues and give them a little taste of what that might feel like. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of parks, uh, this is kind of random, but uh, I, there was some talk with uh, the new AD, Trev Alberts, that uh, – that Haymarket has been around for 20 years now, and maybe it's time for a few upgrades. Yeah. Uh, I Do you have any idea what some of those upgrades might be? Um, there's been talks. Um, nothing that's been set in motion yet, but there's definitely talks of, of trying to get some upgrades there. And can't give out too much, I guess, but there's there's definitely been talks, and I think we're mm-hmm. we're on our way to hopefully getting some of those. Good, so. good. Well, don't change my seats. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> I won't that's, do that. No, no. <laughs> it's funny. I took the football poll, and one of the things I just, just like, okay, if you could have real seats like baseball, that would be really cool. Yeah. That I don't have to like fight, you know, for okay, yep. for seating space. <laughs> so as you as you're looking toward uh, the opening of the season here, um, one of the keys to, and you're the pitching coach, yep. so one of the keys to for every year is to retool that pitch. Who'd you lose? Mm-hmm. And and who do, who are, who's coming in? Yeah. Uh, kind of hot behind them. Yeah. So um, th- three main guys that were drafted last year: Cade Povich was our Friday night guy, uh, Spencer Schwellenbach, shortstop closer. He's gone to the Braves, and Cam Wynn was also our guy that we call our fireman, where situation comes and you need a punch out or a guy that can get you off the field. He was he's with the Phillies now. So those three guys mm-hmm. are gone from the draft standpoint. We lost Chance Roach. Uh, our Saturday starter because of eligibility. He's done. He was a grad transfer. Um, so we'll be looking to replace, you know, two-thirds of our starting rotation and in, in, in closing. But with that said, I feel like we've got uh, a good group of guys. We have a – I feel like our depth right now is our strong suit on the mound. Um, you know, you still have Shea Shannon coming back. Kyle Perry is back from – he showed up, you know, toward the end of the year off of Tommy John surgery. Um, but he, he's got a potential – to be a weekend starter as well, along with Shea. And then there's been about, you know, there's about six guys that are kind of in the mix that we felt like good about that could start for us, which is a good problem to have um, just because, you know, you have a lot more options. But um, other than that, I think Colby Gomez, you'll see him back in maybe that closer role that he did his freshman year. He's he's back and healthy. And um, What was his – uh, he, he, He's had some he, – he had some, some shoulder issues. Um, and then um, – He's actually going to hit again for us this year, too. Ooh. So he's going to go back to being the two-way guy and potentially mm-hmm. being that closer first base type role that he did that freshman year. So, gotcha. Yep. No, I mean, that was that was quite yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah. He had a – I think he had over 10 saves that year. And um, would know one thing in, in the situation, he's not going to be scared to get the ball. Um, he'll he'll take it and go compete. And But with that said, I feel like we got a few more guys that could be in that mix to do as well to close, and um, mm-hmm. which is also a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. So. There, um, now I know there are a couple that may not be this year. I, I wasn't sure there's some there Nebraska guys who, mm-hmm. who are, are coming in too, right? Yeah, we've got some freshmen, Drew Christo, um, CJ Hood, Jackson Jelkin, Jackson Brocketer, some of those main you know arms out of the state mm-hmm. of Nebraska. They're all freshmen. They've been doing some good things. And um, the good thing is I don't think we're going to need to push them right into the to the fire real early. We have mm-hmm. some experience. I think that's what our, one of our strengths is, is our experience on the mound. So get those guys going in the right situations and, and yeah. building forward for their future. For a while, it seemed like uh, Nebraska recruiting, whether for all sports, uh, was maybe not as not as great, but it seemed like you guys made an emphasis of that right away. Um, what 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 do you do to, to heat that up when you really want to want to make sure that you kind of lock down the, the state yeah. border? Yeah, first and foremost, it was getting getting in communication with those coaches and 
um, making it a priority to know that that's what our goal is to make sure that we lock down, you know, the state of Nebraska. And then obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of players that don't end up being here, um, whether that's their choice or, or our choice. It's just a matter. There is roster limitations, obviously, but um, first and foremost, we want to make sure that we get the, the guys that we want in state in every class, and then we'll, we'll expand outward from there. But it starts with those, that, that communication and that, that, uh, that two-way going back and forth with the, with the coaches and, and then obviously with the player at the next mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. So. There, um, then, I mean, again, you're getting, you're getting the freshmen in and everything. Was there also a pretty good activity from the portal and from some, uh, some other older players? Yeah, there's definitely – we're always going to look for the portal now um, since it's a situation where guys don't have to sit out. Um, used to be where grad transfers could only come in and play right away, but you're seeing if you guys, if anybody wants to transfer, they don't have to sit out a full year. So we're always taking a peek at that. We'll always take a peek at the junior college level too, um, just because we know that there's some experience there, and the way that we like the way the junior college players go about their business too. It's just we're all, we've all had a little bit of an emphasis on junior college at some point in time in our career from our coaching staff. So we know kind of that the way it goes, and then. Um, you know, we just kind of, it's 24-7 baseball, you know, yeah. at that level. Yes. This is the school and um, just there's no limitations on hours and everything like that. So there's just a lot of development that goes on there. But um, the portal for this year, we got two arms mainly. Um, um, Mason Ornalis came from Texas A&M and then um, Dawson McCarville from Grand Canyon University. He's a grad transfer. Both of them have potential to start or big pieces out of the bullpen. So mm-hmm. a lot of experience that, that came over from the transfer portal on the mound. One one year or two years? Uh, McCarville will have one. Um, Mason will have. Uh, I think he still has three years of eligibility left. Ooh. So, yep. Ooh, that yeah. sounds good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There. Uh, now, this is something that's going to happen every year. Is you're always going to, if you're in the north, you're always going to start your season on the road. Yep. Uh, how much of a deficit is that to to take the first whatever nine or ten games mm-hmm. and and to not be home? Yeah, I mean. It's the toughest part about it is mixed in the school too. You know, mm-hmm. our our guys. You know, if we play a th- Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're leaving on Thursday to get on a plane, so they're missing class on Thursday, Friday. We're playing the whole weekend. Sometimes we don't get back on that Sunday. Really, it's a Monday morning till you know two in the morning at times because we have to take that latest flight out, and then they're expected to get up at that eight o'clock class if they've got it. And Monday's usually the off day, but sometimes they've got to make sure that they're taking care of their bodies and getting in the training room and getting enough sleep and. Mm-hmm. Um, because before you blink, you know, you get Tuesday and Wednesday to practice, and then you're off on the road again, leaving for Thursday. You know, it just feels like it's, it happens over and over again, like Groundhog's Day, <laughs> where, <Yeah. laughs> where that first three weeks, that third week can get pretty taxing and, and real quick. So yeah. uh, we, we, we preach on taking care of your bodies and making sure you're staying on top of your stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, that third week can definitely be um, something that, we got to push through and then finally when you get home you can take a deep breath and be like okay we got time to you know go to class and make sure that we're not <laughs> having to scramble all the time i guess yeah that's so. uh, that is the one thing we always forget we always we talk about student athletes yep. but uh but and the rest of us are just like you know we're not living in that world but you're living in that world every day every day how much <laughs> how much how much uh, bandwidth in, in your brain has taken up by trying to get these guys making sure they're on top of their schooling uh it's a lot and katie jewel is our academic advisor she does a great job um but i would say the time management and the the scheduling is is what you become a professional at in the coaching area because mm-hmm. you have to know class schedules you have to know you know whatever study hall 
get make sure guys have time to eat and the time the time management is the biggest the biggest thing that is the difference for you know the biggest thing that freshmen need to learn really you know yeah. they think they got all the time in the world and then next thing you look up and you got 17 different things going on that day and you're like okay how am i going to get this done well yeah. <laughs> you better have a planner or something <laughs> yes yes I, I could have used one of those time management people when I was a freshman. Yeah. That would have really helped. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should have been a better athlete. Uh, we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back. And when we do, uh, we're going to turn our attention. Well, let's talk a little offense. Okay. And talk about the – because last year, that was – there. it seemed like there was no deficit. No, you don't win every game. You didn't always come back, but there were uh, some amazing comebacks. Oh, yeah. And, uh, some, and some kind of outbursts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's uh, let's take a, a look at that. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, talking with Coach Jeff Christie here. Uh, we're talking Husker baseball. What else? It's the thing. It's my thing. Uh, and it's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with assistant coach here, Jeff Christie, Husker Baseball. And um, by the way, uh, you have a new, uh, another assistant this year uh, who used to be uh, with, with you guys down at A&M. Yeah. Uh, how weird has that been to have the uh, uh, Coach Childress? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, it, I mean, it's cool, but it's also yeah. quite a little weird. Uh, well, it's, I would say it was, it's different, but just the relationship that we've had with him and knowing that he... We, I mean, he's been a, a huge part in all of our lives from the coaching aspect and um, Coach Bolt, Coach Ravel, and myself. Where it's been, it's been pretty cool to see him come back, and he's got a great big smile on his face. He's loving what he's doing, and he's uh, he's great to be around and have around because he's just been a, mm-hmm. such a great mentor for us and and players throughout his whole career. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and he, I mean, he had a fantastic career. Yep. Uh, down at A and M. And uh, it kind of, you know, again, from a distance, uh, you know, fans don't know the ins and outs and nuts and bolts. But from the outside of viewpoint, it looked like, well, what are they doing? Yeah. But, uh, but I'm glad he found a, a sweet spot here. Yeah. He's, uh, he's always had a, you know, a soft spot for, I think, Nebraska. I think he was, is and was going to retire here. Um, and he's obviously glad to be back here. So it's uh-huh. been it's been fun. Oh, that's great. Yep. That's great. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk offense a little bit uh, yeah. again. Last year, uh, I don't know how the numbers uh, ended up at the end, at the end of the season, but it seemed like every time they would talk about you know league leading mm-hmm. kind of numbers that you guys were pretty close to the top, if not at the top in in different statistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that fairly accurate? Yeah, we were at the top of a lot of statistical categories throughout the Big Ten, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's one thing that that Coach Arvell on the offense really tries to do, and that's create chaos, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. where Coach Arvell will push the envelope. He wants aggressive base running. He wants guys that can do multiple things from an offensive standpoint, mm-hmm. whether that's drive the baseball or put a base hit bunt down. He doesn't want to be one-dimensional. So yep. um, he wants to push the envelope on base hits going first to third, and he'll do that as much as we possibly can. I think as we, like I said before, the team that usually screws up the least <laughs> wins in college baseball. So that's part of the emphasis there is to create so much pressure that you force them into mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, again, what I love about one of the things I love about college baseball is that, and I mean, it happens in the pros too, but, but they are still students. They, they are yeah. amateurs. There right. things can happen. Yep. And so <laughs> it reminded me of that, uh, we were. It's the only time I think I've used a baseball illustration in a sermon. But it would that nine to two comeback. Yeah. Where you went, ended up winning eleven to nine. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't. I mean, just as an observation, and I, and I've already told you this. I, you know, there, you have to, in a certain sense, they have to kind of give that to you. But on the other hand, you have to take it. Yes. And and both of those things kind of happened. Yes. Uh, that game was was one of the games you probably will never forget, just from what the game meant at that time of the season, um, how the comeback happened. You're right. I mean, you have to take it, but you have to sometimes in those games you have to have a little bit of. I shouldn't say luck, but the other team, you know, give yeah. you a walk or give you an error here and there to kind yeah. of extend those innings. And next thing you know, you look up and the tie runs at the plate, and that happened yeah. that time. And Griffin Everett hits a home run, and he can't even get around the bases because he's cramping all. I mean, it took him forever because <laughs> he he couldn't move. It was it was I'd never seen anything like it before. I mean, it was eighty five. It didn't seem like it was too bad, but on the turf and you know being the mm-hmm. as, as early as it was, he's caught a ton all year. Where. Um, it just seemed to be one of those deals where we weren't going to be denied. So, um, and that's just exactly what it seemed like. I mean, I remember him limping around there, and I just I was like, "Can you get around the plate already, everyone?" But he uh, he was able to finish that, and um, luckily we didn't have to catch him the next game. But um, yeah. it was not just his swing, but that was the one that puts the icing on the cake there for that yeah. that comeback. But it takes all nine throughout the whole lineup. Yeah. So. And speaking of which. Again, I uh, I didn't look it up, but it but it seemed to me like uh, uh, the home run numbers were up as well, yeah. just across the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there? I mean, do you attribute that to anything in particular, or because I, I we again I for for a number of years it seemed like the, yeah. the there just weren't that many guys who were who were you were afraid of hitting a home run, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like wait you know we got a lot of guys who. Who yeah. can take it out of the park? Yeah, I mean, Coach Harvell and, and Coach Marcuse and Coach Bold on the offensive side. I mean, they dissect a lot of things, but I think the biggest thing is the approach standpoint from what they kind of pound into the guy's head. And I mm-hmm. think the biggest thing is knowing who you are as a player, and when you get your pitch, don't miss it. Is the biggest thing that I could probably speak to. But um, knowing who guys are is the biggest biggest thing in the offense because there's there's four different categories where we kind of break it up into different types of, of hitters doesn't mean for one instance, one's a bomber, but doesn't mean, yeah. um, you know, that those are going to be the only guys that hit home runs. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I think guys have a pretty good idea of what they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to be looking for. So I would, I would attribute that to a big, big key to that. And then obviously momentum too, you know, yeah. when, when, when one through nine's rolling, everybody can get on board and yeah. say, here we go, you yeah. know. So um, I think that happened quite a bit last year with, with some guys in the lineup that got the yeah. got it going and people kind of fell in suit and off we went. I'm trying to think of the name of the last guy who I would have qualified as a bomber. He was he was pretty well built, It was, but it was probably two or three years ago. Schreiber, maybe? Yes. Scott Schreiber? Yes, yeah. that's right. Yep. That's right. He would, have been, he would have been in that category, okay, 100%. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> he hit a lot of them. <laughs> yes, and, it was, and he was the only one that, I mean, it seemed like in that season where it's like, you're, oh, yeah, okay, he yep. could go along mm-hmm. any, at any at bat. Yep. And uh, uh, is he still playing pro then? He's he is still playing professional ball. Um, it. I think he's doing pretty well, so we'll see if we can see his name crack a big league lineup here at some point in time, but um, you never know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, it it takes a whole variety of things to come together for that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, Speaking of offense, then, who's coming back? That uh, from the lineup that yep. uh, that you know can provide some some spark. Yeah, you'll still see um, Max Anderson is probably the name that people re- probably remember the most. Just 
great freshman year. Um, he'll still be sticking around third base in the middle of the lineup. Griffin Everett will still be there to do a lot of duties behind the plate with catching. Um, Bryce Matthews is going to shift probably from second base to shortstop this year. Mm. Um, so he was also a freshman last year, had a lot of a lot of good quality at bats, and I would expect him to continue to grow and, and be a key cog in, in the lineup. Um, yep. Leighton Banjoff is back in, in the outfield. Um, so those are four mainstays. Jack Style was a freshman that played a little bit of first base. We'll see Colby Gomez over at first base a little mm-hmm. bit as well. Uh, I think the the biggest difference we'll have a new potentially second base and then um, majority of our outfield. But Cam Chick is back where he'll split time a little bit, probably between left field, maybe even some center and, and second base as well. So those are the main mm-hmm. ones that are coming back. But there's some guys that are some young guys, with Core Jackson um, from Canada, uh, Josh Karen from Wisconsin that have done some things Luke Jessen he's he's from Elkhorn where he's had a had a great fall with the bat and um so I wouldn't be surprised if you see some freshmen jumping in there early on in the season and getting some getting some ABs and some experience and those first few series especially non-conference series how important is it to to give everybody a, a, a couple opportunities to to see what they can do yeah you need to see guys in you know you, you play against yourself in the fall all the time where you think you see a lot of good things and you have a pretty good idea but then mm-hmm. There's also that difference between playing some yourself and playing somebody else, where you know yeah. the competition is against somebody else. Where there's a lot more on the line, that type of stuff. See how guys respond to certain situations is is big, and that's the more you can get those guys in there early, the better off you can feel about it. Putting them in the game later on in the year. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, we're gonna take one last break. Then we come back. We're gonna do a little shameless plug. Uh, if you see the picture on Facebook, you're gonna see that, that <laughs> Jeff, as well as the rest of the team, has a very special haircut. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, I. Uh, the story is it has to do with some uh, some fundraising, uh-huh. so I'll let you tell the story. Okay. Uh, sound good? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> okay. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, talking with uh, Husker coach here, Jeff Christie. We're talking Husker baseball. What else? And uh, glad to have you along. Freshen up the coffee. It's a full uh, Saturday here on local programming on 1499.3 KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning, talking with Jeff Christie here, talking Husker baseball. And uh, Jeff, it is the time of the program. We always do the shameless plug. Now, you can plug two or three things if you want to, but I do want I want to hear at least whether it's a plug or not. I want to hear about the haircut and what that's yes. about. Yes, yeah, so if you would see myself see the baseball team we all have a little bit less hair right now we've uh pretty much shaved our heads some guys went down to a one like myself on the on the guard some guys went down to about a four just depend on what it was so mm-hmm. all of us have shaved heads um, but it's for a great cause um we did it for pediatric brain cancer um, it's something that coach childers kind of started up not by himself obviously but but Got the baseball team involved at Texas A&M with, with the fundraising efforts there. And when he came back this year, brought it with him um, and got us going here at Nebraska where I think we were close to raising almost $24,000 for that cause. And we oh, just, wow. at the end of it, we all shave our heads um, for that reason. So right. um, it's, it's been pretty, it was pretty cool to see our guys really take that on and, and raise money for that for a great cause. And 
I guess the good news is my wife said, you actually don't look that bad, where <laughs> I said, well, actually, what were you expecting? She used that word actually, so um, at least I passed her test. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a very loving person. Yeah. And so that's, that's right. You know, hey, you're a handsome man. You look great with any kind of hair. So, And you know oh, what? I always say at my age, I'm just glad to have hair. That's right. So that's a that's a good thing. So yep. no, you, you pull it off pretty well. Good. Uh, were, were there any guys who fussed about that? Uh, there was definitely guys that were <laughs> leading up to it. Acted like it wasn't a big deal, but when then when they actually saw the Clippers come out, it was kind of like, oh no, what am I doing? And then uh, <laughs> a few guys waited and let some guys skip in front of them to t- kind of talk themselves into it. But I was like, it's just hair. Usually he's going to grow back unless yeah. you're going bald or something. And we don't know about it, but yeah. um, ended up being really well. And some guys look better than others, obviously, but. Some of them were like, you need to keep that look. That looks good on you there. Ah, so, see, you learned yeah, something. You yep. never know. You look way more intimidating. <laughs> see? There you go. Yep. And let's face it, baseball is as is, is much a mind game as it oh, is yeah. a physical game. For sure. I mean, this game's, yeah. uh, gosh, very mental. I mean, it can eat you up and spit you out if you let it, but it also can yeah. be very rewarding and, and something that is worthwhile if you let it go on that side as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, by the way, this is totally random, but uh, have, do you have you watched Ted Lasso? On, I have on not TV? yet. Unfortunately, I, I know I need to, but <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the ultimate sports coach uh, show. Yeah, and it's actually a feel good show too. I, so I need to get that going. There you go. That's yep. a, they could, they could, you could watch it on a team bus or something. That'd be a good one. I now, know there's plenty of guys that have seen it that really enjoy it, so maybe we could do yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. Now, he was a football coach. He wasn't a baseball <clears throat> coach, but he goes to London to coach a soccer team, yeah. and, and the rest is is it's yeah. amazing. But there, uh, it reminded me there was an episode where uh, a player uh, – well, I don't want to give away exactly. Something bad <laughs> happened on the field, yeah. and so he he lost his mojo. <laughs> and <laughs> and there's a word that you can't say out loud, but it uh-huh. starts with Y. Okay. And so that was that was a big part of that whole theme was just yeah. how you get your mojo back after uh-huh. after you've you you've blown it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of guys in the baseball field that can probably say the same thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. I, I think so. It's it's it's, it's, it's always tough to. Uh, you know, it's so funny, and I will say this as a fan, you know, uh, watching guys take bats in under crucial situations or throw pitches under crucial situations or whatever it is, you know, there's the thought always crosses my head, and it's something like this, boy, I'm glad that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, if you're an athlete, there's the opposite thing is echoing in your head, right? Those are the moments you live for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from a baseball standpoint, I yeah. mean... Those are the ones you dream about as a kid, just in your backyard and wanting the game on the line. And now there's probably plenty of times where there's had guys thinking the same thing out there, but majority of the guys that like to compete, that love to be in the game and in that moment, they usually thrive in those situations and they they don't make it more than it is. And um, usually you can tell pretty good whether a guy's (laughs) going to have that or not, or what his stuff's going to be like that day or his mindset. So, um, you know, most of the time we we try to you know reinforce a lot of that, whether it's mental toughness, whether whatever it is, being prepared for the game. That's where mm-hmm. we feel like that can make you the best. You know, in those certain situations, because it's easy when things are going good, but yeah, when the grease is hot, <laughs> yes, where do you go to? So, well, it's it's that momentum thing. You're, you're riding the momentum when yeah. the team is having a great inning or something's going great, but then to be the one to change the momentum mm-hmm. or to or to seize the momentum. Yeah, that's that's a big thing, and I think that's where we 
we try to make sure that we preach to be consistent every day and yeah. not getting up too high or too low. And, um, you know, if your team can take on that mindset, usually that roller coaster doesn't happen as often. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and again, it was, uh, last season was a lot that way. And, and again, there's a lot of optimism. Uh, I, do you guys actually pay attention to the preseason polls or you do try to ignore that or it's probably tough to ignore? Yeah, it's tough to ignore. You see it. Um, yeah. but you know, in the, at the end of the day, it's a preseason, preseason deal and it's just somebody's opinion, you know, yeah. and, um, we don't try to read in it too much. We just try to make sure they're, I mean, this is the coach's answer, obviously coming, we, yeah. you know, one day at a time and whoever's in front of you, you'll play them. But, um, you definitely see it. You definitely like last year, you know, you see, you know, we were preseason, I don't know, seventh or eighth in the big 10. Um, didn't really think too much of it. And I think we'll probably do the same thing, even though we're probably picked to be, you know, toward the top. I think we are, um, mm -hmm. but our mindset hasn't changed. We're here to win games and, yeah. um, Keep putting our best foot forward. I love that. So. About five minutes left. I wanted to talk about um, uh, scouting. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, I mean, scouting, how much has scouting, by the way, just from when you played Husker baseball to today in terms of college and the big leagues, how much has scouting really changed? Um, there's a lot more of it. Yeah. There's a lot more of it. And I think well, I, there's always scouting reports when I played, but the detail and how in-depth you can get nowadays with, and the reason is because almost every game is on TV. And mm -hmm. there's there's some some databases that we use that allows us to you know put the video with you know pitches or the swings whatever it might be um, mm -hmm. where you can you can be pretty detailed and you can you can figure out how offenses are ran or how good of stuff that certain teams have on the mound and it can be you know it usually takes a couple days but um, we've got as soon as Sunday hits when we're done with our series we're on to the next team and making sure that that's getting lined up for whatever it might be, uh, whether it's to Tuesday or the next weekend. So, yeah. um, but it's just, it's just a lot different because there's so much information out there. Now you can give people too much information at times or players. So yeah. sometimes we have to decide on how much we give them and how much we keep for ourselves. But, um, from a game plan standpoint, I mean, you, you can expect, you should know majority of what, what offenses and, and pitching stats are going to look like. So when you're, so you've, you've got the analytics or whatever you want to call yep. it and you, and the tendencies and all these kind of things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it feels like it feels like baseball, uh, and especially the way you guys play it. Mm -hmm. There's it's it's more than that. It's it's your gut. There's a lot of gut. <laughs> and then, so, how much would you? How if you had to say what percentage is gut and what percentage is analytics? Um, uh, yeah, for myself, I mean, I love to have the numbers, and I'll go to certain things at certain times from what the numbers say. But mm -hmm. from I still I still coach and I still we make moves on our gut a lot of times too. So. Yeah. Um, it can be in the, that moment where, you know, you might go against what the numbers say or just because you feel like this guy's going to give you the best chance to win and mm -hmm. that'll happen. But, um, on the flip side, we'll, we'll never be a team that is just strictly a hundred percent on the numbers on this is yeah. what it says to do and, and go there. Cause I think if you do that, you start taking out the, the human element element out of the game and yeah. you know how you feel. So. How much um, more information do you have now than you had whatever, whenever 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot of numbers. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, if you yeah. wanted to, you can go down some rabbit holes on, mm -hmm. on certain things that might not end up mattering. But <laughs> we try to make the best scouting report template that we can. And then mm -hmm. what's important to us and what do we need? What information do we want? And then yeah. we kind of use that instead of just trying to figure out literally everything, which would be yeah. absolutely impossible. So, yeah. Yep. yeah. 
Oh, I'm, well, I mean, that's <laughs> it's it's funny. It's it's it sounds weird, but you know, if you're preparing a sermon, um, a lot of it is editing, and it's things yeah. that you're going to leave out uh-huh. because you can't say everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And and so to say, okay, I'm, I've got these massive amounts of numbers uh, and analytics that I could use, mm-hmm. but what is the uh, what are the things that are really going to drive this decision? Are there a couple of things you you kind of lean on the most? Yeah, um, for me, it's kind of the hot and cold zones when I'm, we're facing hitters on certain mm-hmm. pitches too. So mm-hmm. if a guy struggles in certain areas with the fastball, um, what's the location that he's not as good, or where does he do his damage? What I mean by that is like doubles, triples, and home runs. You know, can yeah. he hit the breaking ball? That type mm-hmm. of stuff is the most important for me because. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, when we see the lineup, lefts and rights, we'll see what our what our Maybe who we'll use later on in the game in certain situations when those times come up. But Mm -hmm. those are the main ones. Um, That's for me from a hitting standpoint. They want to know what the shape of the breaking ball is doing. They know what what the fastball does have life, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So they can have an educated guess on what they're going to see before they've seen them at all. Now, if they've seen them Friday and then they come back and throw again Sunday, you know, then they've seen them already. But just leading up to it, those are the Mm -hmm. kind of things that they look for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, really, really quick, 30 seconds here. Yep. Uh, do you recruit the umpires? Do you, do you, do you, do you kind of look, I mean, not recruit, but, uh, to, we, but, but analyze. Yeah, we look at them. We got to figure out who, who's going to give certain sides of the plate for sure. Um, not as much as we do maybe with the actual scouting of a team, but we, we know mm-hmm. who's behind the plate and who's on the bases for sure. <laughs> was, the last time we were together, we talked about how much you can hear as a catcher, uh-huh. you know, from the crowd because yeah. baseball is pretty quiet most of the time. Yeah. And pretty much, as I recall, the answer was pretty much everything. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Yes. Pretty close. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and just remember that, folks. When you go to the game, you know, the coaches are listening, the batters are listening, the catcher is listening, the umpire is listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just be, be a little kinder out there, <laughs> and, unless the opposition's up to bat. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks so much for coming in today, Jeff. I appreciate it. Coach Jeff Christie, Husker Baseball. And, uh, what, two weeks away from... From first series? February 18th. Oh, can't wait for it. Well, again, thanks for being here today. No problem. I appreciate you having me. You bet. Leave you a scene as I always do to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.